This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. this Monday drive WSJS news talk sports for the triad where it's officially NBA draft week and just like the NFL draft a couple weeks ago it seems the draft really starts with the team in Charlotte and cards are being kept incredibly close to the vest as Thursday night nears there's quite a bit of buzz surrounding the Hornets and I didn't even intend on using that pun Both Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson are in Charlotte today for second interviews and workouts, and there continues to be trade rumors swirling about the Hornets and that pick. Mostly it's Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram rumors from the Pelicans trying to jump up from number 14. But forget about all that, and just remember this. We're talking about Mitch Kupchak here, which is why you shouldn't expect that he's going to mess this up. You should expect that he's going to do the right thing. He has a track record for it. Think about his history with the Hornets alone. He got Bridges right as a basketball player. P.J. Washington. He got it right with LaMelo Ball, obviously. Second round picks. Devontae Graham turned out to be a gem. He's found these guys and tends to be very good and does the homework. He's very old school. We know that. It's not going to be flashy, so don't expect a trade. Expect he's going to do the right thing, and the Hornets are going to take Scoot Henderson number two overall on Thursday because it's become pretty clear to the larger basketball community that Scoot is a better player than Brandon Miller is, and it should really be that simple. That's the reason why the Pelicans are salivating at the idea of getting number two to draft Scoot, not to draft Brandon Miller, The Blazers have their fingers crossed that the Hornets are going to mess it up so that they could take Scoot number three. Vegas has caught up on this. Vegas, baby, Vegas. Scoot Henderson went from being a pretty clear underdog in betting circles to now being the betting favorite to go at number two. Send me that cash out, family. It's not even plus money. It's fair to say they might know something. Mitch knows not to pass on the better player, especially when Charlotte is so far away from being a contender, especially given how much workouts matter to him. And Scoot, everything we hear is positive with him. With Brandon Miller, not so positive. The stuff we heard from Chicago didn't work out well, didn't interview well, handing out legal briefs to teams that were asking about that situation in Alabama regarding him driving a murder weapon to the scene of a crime at 2 o'clock in the morning, the morning that this thing happened. Pretty murky stuff that you'd want some details on. Now, he has rights, Brandon Miller does. He was not a suspect. Alabama police, or excuse me, Tuscaloosa police made that clear. So this isn't me saying that no team should draft him. I'm just saying that should be a consideration especially when that guy happens not to be as good of a player as another guy still on the board. So after Victor Webanyama, it's going to be Charlotte staying in that pick and Charlotte taking Scoot Henderson. And if it isn't, it's now gotten to the point there's going to be real blowback, real significant backlash if it's not Scoot. There's the basketball reason. You just drafted a guy who's not as good as a guy who's available, and the non-basketball reason, well, he was loosely involved in a pretty grim crime, which, by the way, coincides at the same time as you're trying to maneuver through a bad PR situation regarding Miles Bridges. Do you think that's what the new owners want to deal with? First thing they want to deal with is the Brandon Miller headache? I don't think so. Scoot Henderson is going to go number two to the Charlotte Hornets on Thursday. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, if you want in, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Will Dalton is the executive producer of this show. A reminder that we are streaming video 
on that Twitter account in addition to YouTube, YouTube and on Twitch. However, and wherever you are listening or watching, we appreciate that. WD, we might have the game of the year in college baseball tonight. What's your level of excitement for Wake Forest LSU? I'm pumped. I mean, we've been previewing the whole College World Series about a collision course for Wake and LSU, and here we are. That's what it is. Wake LSU that you can listen to right on right here on WSJS, 7 o'clock first pitch, 6.40 airtime. Tonight might as well be the World Series final for Wake Forest. To your point, these are the two best teams in the country. Darren Vaught has been bugging us for months since late March, early April, telling us there are two teams that have separated themselves from everybody else, and that is LSU and Wake Forest. Now, LSU lost some series towards the end of the year, which is why they ended up being the number five national seed, not the number two. But all year long, it seemed that these two were going to meet in Omaha, and the numbers back this up. Number one and number two in scoring among power conference schools. Number one and number two in strikeouts per nine innings. Number one and number two in shutouts altogether. Number one and number two in the Jello challenge they have at Rocco's, the Jello shot challenge they have out in Omaha. Seems like we were destined for this, and the winner is going to get to the final series. That's why this is pretty much the final for Wake, because if you lose it, that means you would have to win three in a row, including back-to-back against the team that would have beaten you in this hypothetical tonight, and that team will have been a lot more rested, not having to play until you theoretically beat the team, beat another team tomorrow night. So that's likely not going to happen, especially when you start thinking about the hoops you have to jump through from a pitching perspective just to be ready for a game like that. But here's the thing. I think the Deeks are going to win. Josh Hartle's better as a number two for Wake than LSU's number two. Sully didn't have to throw much on Sullivan on Saturday before the weather delay came in. He only threw 25 pitches. And with the day in between Saturday and this game, I think he's going to be fully ready to go as the first guy out of the pen and the jitters. That's why that game was so tight on Saturday against Stanford. I think those are out for Wake Forest. So give me the Deeks looking like the number one team in the country. I think they win tonight, and they win by multiple runs. Give me Wake Forest 6, LSU 2. 336-777-1600. Let's go to Phil real quickly in Greensboro, who's got an NBA draft question for us. What do you have real quickly, Phil? Hey, Josh. Just curious, hypothetical, if somehow a trade could work out with Portland, and we've got – I'm a Scoot guy, too. I want Scoot. Yeah. But hypothetically, would you take a – give them Scoot, we take Miller and Lively? Mm. Nah, I wouldn't do it. Would you? Oh, that would almost be even for me. I don't know. But I'm good with Scoot. Yeah. I think I, think I would just sit where I'm at and take Scoot. Because the, the NBA draft – And thank you for the call, Phil. The NBA draft has become a lot like the baseball draft where it's so easy to look at fit and think, oh, how's this guy going to plug into your lineup right now? Scoot Henderson's 19. Like you think about these guys like Brandon Ingram. Feels like he was drafted a million years ago. Playing at Duke a million. He's 25. Zion's 23, right? These guys, you enter your prime at around 25, 26. You don't know what these rosters are going to look like, what your roster is going to look like six years from now. Just take the best player. Unless they're exactly the same guy, which LaMelo and Scoot are not. Taller point guard LaMelo Ball, not much of a rim pressure guy. Scoot is a rim pressure guy who could set up, spot up three-point shots for LaMelo, and he's more of an undersized point guard. I think those two really can work together. I never really understood the knock against Scoot fitting with LaMelo. We have a lot of ground to cover with Connor O'Neill of Deacon Illustrated, who joins us now from Omaha. First off, he drove all the way to Nebraska. The Deeks are getting set for a showdown with LSU tonight. And less than three and a half hours before first pitch of this showdown, Connor O'Neill joins us from the Omaha Zoo. 
Connor, starting there, how would you grade the Omaha Zoo? What are you looking at right now? Looking at two big old male hairy lions. Uh, one of them was just standing up, but he just sat back down. Um, it's hot out here. It's uh, If I had to guess, probably about in the 90s, and I do not see a cloud in the sky. So there's a, it's, it's kind of a lazy day at the zoo. They have uh, three cheetahs, and all those guys were chilling in their shade. Um, it's just kind of a lounging day, but good way to kill some time before a game. How do you grade a zoo? Like, what is what are some what's some of the criteria that has to be met in order to satisfy Connor O'Neill? You know, like I want to see a variety of animals. Um, one of the things I love about the North Carolina Zoo is how spaced out it is. Also, um, you know, I I like the Atlanta Zoo, but one of the things I didn't like about the Atlanta Zoo is how small the enclosure seems and how kind of on top of everything uh everybody seemed to be um to me i I know that the zoo in ashboro can can be a little bit much uh that's a that's a good little hike if you want to cover all the ground there Mm -hmm. but i i much rather prefer that than uh kind of the claustrophobic feel of animal 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 um and then you're done connor o'neill with Uh, us from uh deacon illustrated wd did you have anything you wanted to fire off at Connor before we move on to the baseball? Listen, have you gotten to the bear exhibit yet? I have not gotten to the bear I've just been in the uh, Africa, what is it, Africa Plains, um, kind of like, you know, they have they have nine giraffes, and I think I saw six or seven of them, so six of nine maybe, and uh, seen some, some antelope. I'm walking by the stable antelope right now. There's some bongos over there, which uh, looks to me like kind of a type of antelope if you were uh, to run across a bear yes like, if you were to run across bears would you know what to do connor if a bear were to run at you make a run yeah i what did one of you guys tweet this at me or something like yeah that? i, I did i, I we, we need what you to what perform- am I missing here? you need to get you need you just need to we're just trying to look out for your safety you got to have both arms you got to be big connor you got to put both your arms yeah. in the air and say hey bear that's what you need to do if a bear comes up on you. It's it's a long-standing bit where WD is thinking that I'm like making a gag here, but really this is actual recommended advice from zoologists and experts that you need to put both hands in the air and say, hey, bear, if a bear comes to get you. So we're just looking out for you. That's all. Yeah, I mean, you know, WD, you know how much I, dis- I dislike agreeing with Josh, but I think he actually has a point here where you're Do supposed you? to make yourself big and threatening. Yeah, there right. you go. Check it out. Okay, transition. I don't know about the hey bear part. I think that's a, I think that's a Josh Grahamism, but <laughs> otherwise I think he's right. Transitioning things, it seems like uh, LSU, a big threat to Wake Forest to try and land the plane with that transition. The plan going into Saturday was to throw louder in Sullivan, then save Hartle and Keener for tonight, but due to the weather delay, Sully had to exit after throwing around 25 pitches and Keener went in. Given there was a day between the Stanford game and tonight, what do you expect the plan on the mound to look like after Hartle? I think it's everybody available. Um, I, this, to me, feels like the marquee matchup of the college baseball season. Um, these teams could play again out here in a couple of days. Uh, it kind of feels like they're likely to play again in a couple of days, but then the circumstances will change. One team will have its back up against the wall, and the other team will be playing for a shot to go to the to go to the final best of three series. So this is this is the one that decides it. And so you you throw whatever bullets you have at your disposal that you might need to win this game. And I actually just got off the phone with a radio station in Louisiana, and I mentioned to them, I mean, what is, what I expect if I'm Wake Forest? Would I expect to see Paul Skeens tonight? No. But would I be completely shocked? Uh, also, no. Got so, it. Wake, yeah, Wake, is, Wake has got to use uh, Sean Sullivan and Seth Keener. If they've got to use both of them, they'll use both of them. If they're going to have one of them held in reserve, it would likely be Keener to start their third game out here. And whether that's Tuesday or Wednesday gets decided tonight. How's the Wake contingent in Omaha? Man, they've turned out. Um Another radio station asked me that earlier today, and it was kind of like, you know, I, I think 
I think it's helped that Wake has been in the top five all year. Uh, it's not like there's some Cinderella run where everybody is scrambled last minute to, to find it. Like Wake fans have been able to kind of put this, not in pen, but certainly in pencil on the calendars for a couple months now. Um, this is a team with no holes, and that was evident uh, midway through the year, if, if even that late. So they've turned out. Um, I've seen probably more than 10 Wake Forest shirts here at the zoo. Um, met somebody who is here with his family who has uh, told me he worked for Deacons Illustrated back from like 06 to 08. Um, so, of course, we had a good laugh about how much it's declined since then. But uh, on a serious note, um, <laughs> you know, at the hotel at the hotel this morning, uh, noticed a a young kid, maybe 15 year old kid, uh, with a North Davidson shirt on. So had a nice conversation with them. Um, they're they were on the way out here. Actually, the dad was from originally from Nebraska, and the big kid that had the North Davidson shirt on, his name was Lincoln, because his dad is a Nebraska native. And this was the first time they got to go to Lincoln and Lincoln got to be in Lincoln. So it's just that kind of stuff that, you know, the, the atmosphere out here kind of is, it's kind of baseball heaven. And uh, for Wake fans, they finally get to experience it. I, I don't even buy into the 68 years later, because I'm sure the event has changed so much that it's really the first time for just about every Wake fan that they're able to experience this. Yeah. I'm an East Carolina fan. I won't go until the Pirates arrive in Omaha one day. The, the bouncer at the bar last night was a Greenville grad. Uh, lefties is a bar next to Rocco's where they're doing the jello shot. And I rolled in there to watch the last few holes of the U.S. Open. And he saw my ID from North Carolina and he's like, oh, North Carolina, you know, where are you from? And I said, Kernersville. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm from North Carolina too. And I said, well, Park, Greenville. Uh, he told me he was an ECU grad, and I was like, hey, you know, I got a buddy. He keeps telling me that ECU's going to make it out here one day. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to get there. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah, the phone slightly cut out when you said where you were from, so I'll let somebody else take that for you. Curtisville. Yeah, that's where Connor O'Neill is from. <laughs> what was the highlight of your drive uh, up to Omaha? You know, I liked going through the first maybe – five or six hours uh, all on that all on that first night of driving because I drive a manual. Uh, I, I will not buy an automatic until I absolutely have to. And, man, it's really fun to coast down hills and chew up like eight-tenths of a mile to a mile point two where you're not touching the gas and you're just kind of coasting. And I don't know how much it actually saves on gas, but it feels like it does. So I love doing that downhill. That does sound great. Connor, enjoying your coverage out in Omaha. Shoot him a follow on social media. Go to Deacon Illustrated as well. Connor O'Neill from Omaha spending the time. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Places, everyone. Come on, places, please. We're ready. Get your morning off to a great start with Jeffrey Griffin on Triad Today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. That was the voice of Chuck Caton on June 19th, 2006, 17 years ago today, the only major professional sports championship in the history of the state of North Carolina was one talking about team sports obviously the panthers have never won a super bowl the charlotte hornets have never made it even to a conference final charlotte fc still pretty early on we don't have major league baseball the carolina hurricanes are the only major professional sports franchise to win a championship and it happened 17 years ago today today is a federal holiday happy juneteenth to those who are celebrating. But it is a sports holiday when you consider the anniversary of the Canes doing what they did all those years ago. And... This does prompt the question that I will include college teams but will limit the scope, WD, given that 
the easy answer would be Wake Forest baseball since they're right now in the College World Series. If we limit the scope to football and basketball for college sports, and you're looking at the major professional sports teams, those teams, again, the Panthers, Charlotte FC, Charlotte Hornets, and the Carolina Hurricanes, who would you bet on next winning a championship? College football and basketball teams and those four major professional sports franchises. 336-777-1600 is the phone number on Twitter at WFJS Radio. Hmm. See, I personally think the Panthers are going to win a Super Bowl before the Canes win another Stanley Cup. Will that happen before Duke wins? That's where it gets a tricky. national championship or Carolina does with Elliot Cadeau. I mean, <laughs> that's where it gets tricky. It's not going to be Carolina. I, uh, not going to be Carolina next season. I didn't. I didn't say that. Right, and it's not going to be the Panthers next season. I didn't say that either. Just a feeling. I think I think the Canes are going to win it next year. I think they can. Like you look at what the oh, margin was. Four one-goal losses in the conference finals without Svetch and without Pasciaretti. I, I, the Canes are my choice. If we're just doing process of elimination here, it's still very early on for Charlotte FC. The Panthers are breaking in a rookie quarterback that none of us know yet what he's going to be quite yet. The Charlotte Hornets, no. <laughs> yeah, forget it. Don't even need to get into further analysis need a there. Draft correct. Carolina basketball, or let's get to football first. None of them are winning national championships. How about winning an ACC championship for the there first time since 2006? There you go. And the second time since the late 1970s before we start talking about winning a national championship. Even though I'm sure there are some Carolina fans who are that delusional who are going to talk about, hey, you know, Drake May. Stop. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not in that. You're category. not. No. Duke's going to be the preseason number one team next year. If they're not number one, they'll be number two. Either of them are Kansas. So it feels like the smart answer would either be the Canes or Duke basketball. And since the tournament is so random, hockey's random, but since the tournament is so random for college hoops, and we just saw what happened to Carolina as a preseason number one team a year ago, I'm going Canes. You're talking about five straight playoff appearances, three straight division titles, and that margin being so small, they should be a front runner again. They should be. They should be. See, this was actually going to be my WDs out of his mind later this week, is that I think the Panthers will win a Super Bowl before the Canes win a Stanley Cup. Wow, already thinking that far ahead. Do you have any of the drops there? It's called prep. Maybe just the hip-hop air horn will, that, that will suffice. That will suffice. Because... The Canes are the kind of like, eh, yeah, it would make sense that they might they should be favored next year. But I don't know. With the way things are going with Bryce Young and this new coaching staff and how impressed everybody is, give it a couple seasons. Eh. Right. We saw I'm, not how quick- I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying I think we can win a title sooner than that. We saw Joe Burrow and the Bengals, how quickly they turned but it around. But June 19th should be viewed as a sports holiday until another team wins because I still remember all the details about that game where – Aaron Ward scored in the first five minutes to ease some of the concerns. The Canes got bludgeoned in game six by Edmonton at Rexall Center back in the day. And then the Canes got a two to nothing lead. Frank Caberlet hit the shot that might have been partially tipped on the left wing. Third period arrives. Fernando Pisani scored on a rebound. I think it was Pisani. And uh, that made it two to one. Justin Williams netted the empty netter. One minute, one second left to go. The assist from Eric Stahl. The Canes won the Stanley Cup. Everybody stood the entire game at then RBC Center in the capital city. Speaking of the capital city, I grew up outside of Raleigh. I confuse people when I say I'm from Wake Forest. Really, the name of the town is Youngsville, just north of Raleigh. And this weekend, we were in Youngsville. Sarah Bradford and I celebrating our first wedding anniversary, and it was outstanding. See, they the place that we used to for our cake, 
they give you they give you a, an anniversary cake of what the top layer was since you don't get a chance to eat much on your wedding day. So they gave us a cake of what the top layer was That's for cool. our anniversary. And since we were in Raleigh, my parents gave us a gift for Christmas. Like she knew, my mom knew that I grew up obviously there and never been to the Angus Bar, which it's a big deal out right next to the airport, Raleigh Durham Airport, which is the only time it's okay to use Raleigh Durham, by the way. Even though it says it on the menu at Angus Barn, Raleigh Durham took issue with that. But I went there for the first time and it was fantastic. It was one of those places where you just don't worry about the price. It's like, all right, tonight I'm not going to worry what's on that piece of paper. I'm I'm just going to enjoy the evening and everything was perfect. The service, the food, and it was a lot of it. So many leftovers. We still have some leftover stuff and we just had an incredible night out. But it had me thinking yesterday, because yesterday was the actual anniversary. What is the proper decorum for happy anniversary greetings? Like, should who should wish you a happy anniversary? Like, are you expected? Are you expecting a happy anniversary from your parents? Are you expecting a happy anniversary from your siblings? I'm not going to say any names, but we didn't get that from everybody. <laughs> and by everybody, I mean most of them. And I wonder, is that proper decorum? And the only reason I asked that question, I want to ask it otherwise, if it what a few of them did say happy anniversary. And it just had me thinking, is that, are they the exception or should that be the rule? Like while you didn't wish me a happy anniversary I was about yesterday. While we're on the subject, happy anniversary, Josh. Thank you, sir, Brad. But no, I don't take offense. I'm just asking the question. Like, what is the proper decorum <sighs> for anniversaries? It's like the same thing. I wonder when it's like Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Yeah. What? I feel like that's a little that doesn't different. Doesn't seem happy. Well, I guess yes. Anniversaries should seem very happy, and we celebrate those. Hopefully. Differently. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Oh. And it is, but. That's something that I didn't think about until yesterday. It's like, well, I never wish anybody a happy anniversary ever unless they share the same anniversary that I do. Even like if it's family or parents or... No. Oh, wish... I, okay. I, I do wish my parents a happy okay. anniversary. Oh, should you do that for your kids? I don't know. There's not really a book on this. That's why we're talking about I it. I feel like, you know what? This is important. This is a message to people in general. Yes, you should. There you go. You should. Especially if you're family, you should. I mean, I'm the type, I don't expect a lot from people. Like, I just don't roll that way. But What'd you do for dad? So we took him to, we're not sponsored by them, but we took him to Village Tavern last night. Yeah, Village Tavern. What are you doing? Get he, on board. He loves Village Oh, yeah. Village Tavern. Yeah, they're fantastic. We've yeah, been going we, there. We're, we're, we're fans here. He, he we're used, fans. Make it happen. Come he on, loves that spot. So we took him over there. Mm -hmm. Over in over in the borough, the in, G borough, in, in the G borough, That's you right. made that happen. Uh -huh. Not to be convert, confused with the Joe borough, the G borough. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, my my parents they have low expectations. Like the bare minimum is they just want to call. They will yeah. not they will not have any issue as long as you call. We did usually for me it's like card and some chocolates. Yeah, That's usually the move. When it comes to Father's Day, because I help my dad my dad out many other times during the year. Try to, at least, do my best and be a good son. Don't want it just to be a good son one day out of the year. But yeah, our first anniversary weekend was outstanding. But let me know what you think on that topic. I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are. To recap the weekend in an efficient manner... We're going to attach letter grades to it. And we can get to calls later if you want to, WD at 336-777-1600, by the way, because I do see those lines popping. But recap of the weekend, Graham's grades, next on The Drive. It's The Drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. We got a number of questions we need to run by Hayes Permar when he joins us and we play skips or plays with Hayes, not just figuring out if songs are skips or if they're plays, but 
we need a ruling on which team's going to be the next North Carolina team to win a title next. We need to figure out if the state of North Carolina can claim Wyndham Clark and also how close a family member has to be for you to expect a happy anniversary text or call from them. These are things that we have to get to with Hayes Permar. Now, let's recap the weekend the best way we know how to by attaching letter grades to it in Graham's grade. Every week is a test for your favorite sports teams. We don't need no education. Who passed the test? If one of y'all says some silly ass name. Who dropped the ball? I don't know. Josh Graham has the answers. I think you're very condescending and a know-it-all. Time for Graham's Grades. A through F, the great, the good, the meh, the bad, and the gross. We're going to cover it all, starting with the very good. A, a Graham Cracker wedding from over the weekend. Congratulations to Corey, who is part of a quartet of guys, or I guess a trio of guys. I don't know if our friend David Clemens was added to the Graham Crackers, albeit everybody was together at Steel Hands about a month ago. But Corey got married over the weekend. He's a huge Bengals fan, longtime listener of the show. These guys are super fans. I remember after a Duke Carolina game, I walked out an hour after the game. It's late at night. It's dark. And all I hear as I'm standing there with, I think, Steve Wojciechowski, and Terrell Owens, of all people, someone yelling, five things at five! And then I'm at the Wyndham, and it's like, hey, hey! Like, just yelling bits from the show. All around great dude. We need to figure out another time to get the Graham Crackers together, maybe drop another LP. But congratulations, a Graham Cracker wedding to Corey. B. How about Wake Forest Baseball a B? It's not an A because WD, I was right to be concerned. I took it in the teeth from Deke fans saying, you really doubted the Deeks? Yeah, I did, and for good reason. They were trailing that entire game, and if it wasn't for Mr. Corona getting a big hit in the eighth inning, Wake Forest probably loses that game against Stanford. They got through it, though, and now you... Still have Sean Sullivan available to you tonight after only throwing 25 pitches before the weather delay. And you got the matchup that we're all looking for against LSU. It's a win. It's a win in Omaha. You're in the winner's bracket. It's not perfect. Like, again, you had to come from behind, but it's a B that you're in this spot. C. The final round of the U.S. Open. Plenty of good from the U.S. Open. You're talking about a good leaderboard. Big names. Hey, there's Rory McIlroy. There's Scotty Scheffler. Ricky Fowler, can he win his first championship, major championship? But then there's the bad of, there wasn't much drama in the final three or four holes once it seemed pretty obvious that Rory wasn't sinking any big putts and Ricky Fowler had fallen off. It was going to be Wyndham Clark and the no-name guy won when you had all the big names that are easy to root for. Rory, Scotty, Xander, all these players had fallen off of the pace when it mattered most. So it, it was a C, like plenty of good, but eh, so not not so great either. D. The Wizard Suns trade. It it's a rare lose lose. When you think of lose lose trades, where both teams lose, blockbusters. What comes to mind first? Because for me, I think of that James Harden Ben Simmons trade. Yep, that's up there for me. It's like <laughs> who really won the James Harden Ben Simmons trade? You could easily say, well. The Sixers were better with James Harden than the Nets where Ben Simmons isn't even playing. But at least the Nets got draft picks. At least they got draft picks in the equation. That just seems like a lose-lose for everybody involved in that. And that's how I feel about this trade. It's like, hey, cool. You added Bradley Beal as your third best player. Who's going to play point card? Is Devin Booker going to be your point card? Uh, like these are... It doesn't. These pieces don't really seem to fit well together. You don't have many depth players. What's going to happen with Aiton now? You're paying $50 million for Bradley Beal. It's not great. And then Washington didn't get a first-round pick in exchange when it seems like teams throw first-round picks around like candy. Well, Phoenix didn't have any left. And 
you know, these are the two teams that Bradley Beal would have been okay going to. Signing off on going to Phoenix or Miami, two teams that aren't giving you any first-round picks. So a lose-lose for everyone involved. F. Bob Huggins. Ooh. He got the ultimate second chance. He said the second F word that you can't say on the radio. (laughs) That would not be great to say specifically this month. Let's just say. If you can't follow my drift of what we're talking about. You know, and there was a lot of debate whether or not he should come back from that. I mean, I don't know. You can argue about it if you want. What do you want to do? Debate Joe Rogan about it? Figure it out, right? He's back. He's going to coach at West Virginia. And then he got hammered at a Taylor Swift concert. And then... Is that what he was doing? Oh, yeah. He he, oh went, to the, my God. he went to the Taylor Swift concert on sat, Saturday night, Friday night, whatever night it was at Pittsburgh. And then uh, early in the morning, late night, he was pulled over and the blood alcohol level was 0.21. Two and a half times the legal limit. I just... Love the image, though, of t- of Bob Huggins, one of the few, think in your mind, of fat basketball coaches. There aren't many. Like, I can't think of many fat. Like, there's Rick Majerus and there's Bob Huggins. That's the list of fat basketball coaches. He was a trendsetter with the pullovers before all the coaches started wearing the pullovers. Why? Because he's fat. So seeing him at the game, like, or seeing him at a Taylor Swift show, gyrating to karma, or to 22 or whatever, even if he was there with a grandkid, still hilarious to me. But he resigned because what else is he going to do? Yeah, that's that's an F for sure. 336-777-1600 if you want in on today's show. Let's go to Beth in Greensboro who has a take on anniversary. So how close do you have to be to somebody, or how close does someone have to be to you for you to expect a happy anniversary text or call? <laughs> hey, Josh, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Um, first of all, I don't know. <clears throat> Sorry, gosh. Oh, you're um, fine. Frog in my throat. Yeah. Um, I don't know how close, uh, but I want to first say happy anniversary to you and Sarah Bradford. Thank you on your one year anniversary. Mm. And then you just celebrated the five years of being on the show as the only sports talk radio. Yeah. What, you know what I'm talking Actually, about. next next month. Oh, next, next month. So I thought you told don't. Me June. Let's not let's not count our chickens before they hatch. We'll <laughs> see if we make it one more month. Hopefully, I, I don't say the. Hopefully, I don't pull a Bob Huggins and go to the Taylor Swift show and oh, and oh. ruin things at the at the eleventh hour. Let's hope that's not the I, case. I don't think you'll do that. I really don't. <laughs> You're right. Taylor I, yeah, Swift's not coming to Charlotte. That's that's David Tepper's fault. If Dave, if David Tepper, oh, thought, yeah, if there was a right. Taylor Swift show, I'd be there. I don't. I probably get an Uber, but you know, there you go. Let's get John Mayer here. Oh wait, he's coming in October. Oh, anyway, yeah. Um. <laughs> so also, shout out to your one of your graham crackers, Corey, for getting married. Yes. But, you know, happy anniversary or wedding day for him. So I don't know how close you have to be. I don't, you know, I remember my parents' anniversary. It's every December something, 30th or something. And I'll call my mom and I'll say, and my dad's passed away, but um, I'll say, this is you and dad's happy anniversary. But as far as sisters and, you know, cousins and nieces, nephews, I don't, nah. Okay, good to know. Happy birthday, maybe, but that's all. But anyway, I love the show and, uh. You're the best. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Beth. There's Beth in Greensboro. An outstanding call. Just talking about Corey and wishing him the best, graham crackers for life, and, you know, remembering that the five-year anniversary of this show is coming up. It's okay to wish us congratulations on that early. It's fine. Yeah, bring it on. Taylor Swift's not coming to town. Unfortunately. Well, I don't care. You do. I do. You know, with concerts. (laughs) No. And, uh, yeah, the wedding anniversary piece. Appreciate that as well. WD, would you like to share what the 
theme is this week for skips or plays with Hayes Permar before we welcome in Hayes. So because all this stuff is going on with Chris Paul being traded and we've got tickets to his event coming to Winston and we've got copies of his book to give away, 61. Later this segment, 61 will give away a book and will give away a ticket to go see him at Wake Chapel Thursday night if you would like to go to that event. So make sure you stick around for that. In the spirit of that, what is the theme? So what we're going to do is, is because he just came from Phoenix, we're going to do something Phoenix theme, a song. And then because I guess he probably spent the most time in his career with the Clippers, so we're going to do something L.A. themed. Ah. But then because he was drafted by the New Orleans Pelicans, we're going to do some, or were they the Hornets at the time? They were the Hornets. The New Orleans Hornets. We're going to do something New Orleans themed also. Yeah, that was right after they stole our basketball team. They Not did. bitter about they that did. at all. Hayes Permar now joining the show. So Chris Paul, we could certainly claim him. There's no doubt about that. He is right in the center of the big news today. We need to get through a couple housekeeping notes with you, though. I made an okay. argument last 15 minutes about how North Carolina should be able to claim Wyndham Clark. Now, he's not from any of our schools. He's not from North Carolina. He's from Denver. But his name's Wyndham, and we got the Wyndham Championship here in the triad. He won his first PGA Tour event at the Wells Fargo last month, and he went to the same high school of Christian McCaffrey, apparently their best friends, and we can claim Christian McCaffrey, of course. Is that a solid enough case to claim Wyndham Clark here in the state of North Carolina? Mm, I like the mental gymnastics that you're doing to get us there, but I don't know if I can because it'd be one thing if the Wyndham Championship sponsorship came because of some connection to North Carolina. But as far as I know, Wyndham doesn't have some headquarters in North Carolina, right? They just bought up some PGA Tour stuff. Like if it, if it were the Krispy Kreme Championship or the Texas Pete Championship or the Cheerwine Championship, and then his name shared some element of one of those, I'd be more inclined to say yes. The McCaffrey thing, that's ridiculous. That's just that sports radio brain trying to stretch it too far. Him being friends with somebody who once played in the state of North Carolina does not make him a uh, North Carolinian. Um what was the other one? Oh, getting his first win in North Carolina? That's the strongest case you have. Because I do think that, like, um, towns and tournaments can have affinities for people for certain reasons. Um, but overall, no, I did not think we can claim him as a North Carolinian. If he had won his first event next year and then won the U.S. Uh, uh, if he won the Quail Hollow event next year in Charlotte and then followed that up, with the U.S. Open win in Pinehurst, I might be more inclined to say yes. But as it stands, no. Yeah, we'll see if he participates in the Wyndham Championship, the Wyndham messaging our show saying, hey, we hope he's going to be at well, the event. How old is he? 29. 29. I don't know how old Webb Simpson's kid Wyndham is, but probably he's not coming on the PGA Tour to the earliest for another like 10 to 12 years. So I was hoping we could get two Wyndham's on tour, but I don't, I don't know if Wyndham Simpson will make it in time. Uh, understood. Okay. My anniversary, my first wedding anniversary was yesterday. And we asked this question, which has generated some stir since. How close does a family member have to be to you to expect a happy anniversary text or call? Is there a somebody close enough that you would expect that to happen? Absolutely not, and I'm always surprised when I get anniversary texts. I don't text anyone in my family or any of my friends happy anniversary on their anniversary. I noticed. It's between the it's between the two people that got married. It's their anniversary. That's it. Maybe you, like, comment on, like, oh, dude, you know, and, and even first anniversary would be dumb anyway. It has to be like 10 years down the line, then you like are reliving old wedding stories and you might be like, oh, I'll never forget, blah, 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 you know, whatever. But um, uh, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I'm not a wishing happy anniversary. This, this sounds like a good fodder for like a Seinfeld episode. Like George is mad because somebody, you know, whatever, somebody's mad at somebody because they didn't wish them a happy anniversary. And they're mad because they didn't even think that was a thing. And then they're fighting because Elaine's like, yeah, I wish friends happy anniversary. No, the only person you wish happy anniversary to is the person that you're married to. 
um, and not anybody else. So I'm out on that. Hayes Permar with us before we play skips or plays with Hayes. This was our question of the day 17 years ago. So today is a federal holiday. It's Juneteenth, but it should also be a sports holiday in North Carolina because the only major professional sports championship the state's ever seen was won 17 years ago today, the Carolina Hurricanes winning the Stanley Cup. So if I were to narrow the scope to the four major professional teams that we have, Panthers, Canes, Charlotte FC, Charlotte Hornets, and football and men's basketball as well for the college teams, the only reason I narrow it to that because the easy answer would be Wake Forest might be the next team to win a title. Which team would you say with that narrowed scope is your next champion football, men's basketball for college teams or those four major professional sports teams in the state of North Carolina. All right, hold on. I got to think through this. You got all, you got Duke, UNC, State, Wake, and like ECU, App, all them, basketball and football? Basketball, football. Uh, And do I get women's basketball? Yeah, I'll give you women's basketball. All right, I'm going – Nah, I don't even think we're going to win a women's basketball title. I was yeah, going to say, like, either. State, Duke, or UNC women's, but you got to be, like, you know, Connecticut, Stanford level. We're just not playing that. I, give me the Canes. Give me the Canes. Maybe I'm a rally homer. Maybe Charlotte is cursed in all of its sports. <laughs> Yeah, Duke, Duke or Kane seems like the right answer there. Now let's get to a Chris Ball theme skips or plays with Hayes. Hayes Permar is somewhat of a renaissance man, an expert in the finer things, but he hangs his hat on music. Loves his God, and he's no friend of Satan. He was like, oh, six, getting busy with the sticks, been watching Big Mike and Lil Trick. I just need a Zion and someone he can dunk on. Today, Hayes will decide if this music is smash or trash, glows or blows. It's time for Skips or Plays with Hayes. All right. I don't know what order you're going to do this in, but it is former Chris Paul stop since he is on the move yet again. I don't think he's going to end up in Washington. Hopefully he finds a contender. What's the first city you have a song themed for? So we're going to start out with a little fallout boy. And this song is entitled The Phoenix. Absolutely not. Yeah, skip. this is bad. Big old skip. Get it out of here. Hate it. I mean, there were so many great choices for the state of Arizona. And this is what Isn't we're there doing. A hip cool band called Phoenix? Yeah, they're actually pretty good. And I mean, Winslow, Arizona, take it easy. Maybe some Eagles. Didn't Jackson Brown write that song? Like, there's so many. Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed by it. What's the next one? <sighs> so to, rese- to represent LA. We're going to go with an L.A. native ice cube. It was a good day. Just waking up in the morning, got to thank God. I don't know, but today seems kind of odd. No barking from the You got to say Compton. How much time do we have left on the show? Can we just play this whole song? Can we do that? I guess that's a play. No, I don't think, I don't think we have time to play the whole song, but why do you like this song so much? I don't know, it's so good. And honestly, there used to be a, um, I've got a NWA's Greatest Hits CD from back in the day Whoa. that has some good songs on it. And it's got a remix of this song with a uh, just a, a different sample under it. And I can't think of what it is, but it's been used in some other samples more modern day by Common and Kanye. But um, I like that version even better than this one, but it's good. Have you ever read one of the deep dives? About uh, what day in LA? Yeah, what this, Sonics this, game they were talking about? I was literally about to say exactly what you just said. Uh, say the words deep dive you, and everything. Yes, I've read that. They, I can't remember what they said at all, but they used all the context clues, including like, the Goodyear blimp doesn't run every night, right? So, like, you would need some other big event to be happening on the same day of like a Lakers Supersonics game, of which there are only like five a year. 
maybe only three in LA. So it's a, it's a great read. I can't remember what the conclusion was though. Excellent story. Sounds like something Jeremy Markovich would do for like North Carolina yeah. rabbit hole. Okay. What's the last thing that you have? That's a play by the way. Pretty obvious. Hey, Spermar. Last song. All right. Let's go with a little Garth Brooks here. Calling Baton Rouge. Permar, do you want to say it or do I need to say it here? What's that? The New Grass Revival made this song famous? There's that for sure. Shout out to Sam Bush. But there's also the, the, the name of the song is what? Calling Baton Rouge. Where did Chris Paul play? New Orleans. Yeah, taking a lot of liberties there. Louisiana. Um, yeah, I, I think we could. And it's not like there weren't a number of songs to choose from for New Orleans. Like, we had options there. Uh, but no, I believe Sam Bush is actually playing on this track that we're listening to, Jasper. Not uh, on this track. Right. Not on this track. But the no, new- I think he is. I think... I think New Grass Revival is the backing band on Garth Brooks' version of playing Baton Rouge. I didn't know that. Double check me, but I believe that's the case. I will. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, if, if you're just going with that song, though, that's, uh, that's a play. It's a great song. Hey, Spermar. He was worried for a second, and you're right. Yeah, Colin Baton Rouge, the backing music was played by. I, you're, I, yep. don't, I don't think Sam Bush was part of the Bluegrass Revival, but still. No, he, it says, let's see, the backing bands were Mandalus, Fiddle, backing vocalist Sam Bush. He's singing there. Let's Basically go. Mike Chapman, banjo player Bella Fleck, and backing vocalist John Cowan. Cowan, Fleck, Sam Bush, I don't know about Mike Chapman, but all those guys are all, it, we're all in Newgrass Revival together. Hey, Spermar. It's good to hear your voice as always. We'll talk to you next week. Happy anniversary, bud. Oh, thanks so much. Oh, so nice.